This episode of The, the Voice Over Social is supported by Black, Black Hat, Hat Music, the only UK distributor of Studio, Studio Bricks booths. Get 15% off with the secret password VO Social Podcasts. Recording already now. Wow, that's exciting. Hi. Yeah, hi. We're uh, just walking up a big hill towards the British Podcast Awards ceremony, uh, and we thought that now would be a good time for us to make an episode about uh, imposter syndrome. Because we really feel like imposters. (laughs) I am squashing it down, squashing it right down. Um, (laughs) But I I do, it is also bringing things up for me, like some serious, significant times in which I have felt like a total imposter in my life. Of course. When do you feel like an I have got a couple of things I want to say about this. So, if you let's Nick, Nick, yeah, yeah, you tell tell me when have you been feeling? When have you felt like an imposter? So, do you know that I used to be an actor? Yes. So my entire existence was doing what other people told me to do all of the time, being part of someone else's vision, doing someone else's words and music and dancing. And then I thought, I know, I should be a voice and accent coach. So I went to uni to learn how to do that. And I totally didn't think about the actual logistics of me being the person with authority in the space. Right. So the the energy and the kind of the 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 person I had to inhibit and become to be a authority figure and to inhabit that authority in the space was like terrifying and I remember the first time on the course I had to teach somebody something um I literally scripted it word for word I had to do a five minute micro teach for the class and I scripted it word for word and I just took people through a spine roll and into semi-supine to do some breath and as soon as it finished I burst into tears oh. I'd never felt so much adrenaline and this is coming from a stand-up comedian right exactly. <laughs> I remember so like I literally was like oh my god I've never taught anybody anything I don't feel like I can do this and I had this huge like tirade of like imposter syndrome and it took me a long time to get through that like and I think I definitely have managed I've learned to manage it yeah um but it's definitely still there a little bit. And I think it's sort of human nature in many ways for a lot of people. Okay, well, t- let, tell, tell us in a minute about how you think you managed to sort of get on top of all that. Because I think that I'm quite a confident person in general. Like, I know I can do the things that I can do. But that's as a performer, like you say. So mm. when I produced my first audiobook, I was actually really sh- shocked at how filled with anxiety and dread I was. As well as also, like, the, the, I mean, the fear of... Just like being found out, I think. So, so you'll talk a bit later about how to deal with it properly. But I think one of the great things that came out of being on that other side of the glass is that I could take notes about what it's like there and report back to help anyone who might be struggling on our side of the glass. So, right, this is what I thought. Um, as an actor, you're in your own head. And some, not for everyone, but like for some people, every little tiny fluff can feel like a, a bomb going off and, and everyone in the room is judging you and thinking you're not good enough to be there and laughing at you and, and, and plotting, plotting to like, uh, like heat a car or whatever. I don't know. But, but let me tell you, everything that was happening on um, that side of the glass was all things like just deathly dull things like um, let's get a retake because of a slight pop or a tummy rumble mm. or uh, a missed word maybe. Or, or, or like I was panicking because uh, my... Uh, my PDF markup app thing had crashed or like the engineers uh, pro tools had seized up or maybe we were discussing what would be a good time to like take a break or um, having some lunch or whatever Mm. it was just all the most the most dull practical things and that is the point I think that it's so functional and we worry that producers think we're just idiots if we make a mistake and that's such an unhelpful way of looking at it Um, nobody I think is expecting 
anyone, any performer to be perfect, just engaged and engaging, but not perfect. I think there should be like a hashtag, be, be great, not perfect. Mm. Hashtag be great, not perfect, maybe. And I did see actually a tweet recently, I've written this down, um, uh, by at Jess underscore Escalona. And she said, having zero pickups isn't a mark of a great narrator. Getting a pickup packet of over 300 pickups doesn't mean you suck. Love your audio post-production girl. Aww. Isn't that great? I love it. I love it. So just make it easy on the editor. That's the key. Um, if you make a mistake, pause, carry on, and then try not to be do down on yourself because if you've got an evil voice in your head going, that was terrible, you're terrible, what are you doing here? Then there is a real risk that you might let that voice out. And there is something, I think, quietly devastating about an actor nailing a read and the whole room is like reeling from how sensitive and engaged it was and then the actor like barges in there apologizing for being terrible and i wonder i wonder if actually i think part of it is the silence so is that Otim Boosie walking past? Otim Boosie just walked past because it's a podcast event and that was Otim Boosie. She's a massive Strictly fan. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she can't walk and stop. And I think part of it is the silence. So you do the read and then there's that discussion among the producer and the client and whoever else is there and you don't get to hear what it is and the silence can be really unnerving. But the key thing is that you don't have to fill it like just try and imagine that silence as everybody saying um huh I, I like that what else should we get her to do um and then you'll be as a result more open and more directable whatever they come back with anyway so uh yeah. that's that's my like little tiny thing you're the one with the main advice but i just wanted to say that one little thing thank you nat for rearranging my hair nat i should say is recording us right now Hi. because uh, nat makes an excellent fertility podcast if you're into that sort of thing so um next up how about this And now on the voiceover social, the panic room. A big concern for me, as an outsider to the industry and a newbie, is how other people will see me, the perception other people will make, and whether they'll judge me, and all the anxieties around that. You're entering an industry that's full of people that are established and experienced, and they are old-timers who know the ropes, and that's, that's valuable, and I appreciate that they're, they're great at what they do. I'm kind of trying to encroach on their territory and I'm concerned that I might be judged. So I think it's really interesting what this panic person says because I don't think... I think what both sides of the coin there are feeling is some weird version of imposter syndrome. I think the old school, old guard are also feeling imposters in this new space. So I think we have to understand that from both sides of the coin people are going, "Uh uh-oh, what's happening to our industry? Um, so all of us can appreciate that at the moment things are changing and we all may feel a little impostery in some way. The main thing I would say to that person is, um, from a psychological point of view, remember that you are not them. You're never going to be them. So there's literally no point comparing yourself to them because you will never physically, emotionally, whatever way, be them. So nothing you can do about it. All you can do is the best that you have and I know that's a huge that's oh great thanks Nick I'll just go do my best great thanks bye (laughs) but it's all about the narrative you tell yourself and the small steps you take to telling yourself that that's the situation Um, it's completely useless in voiceover to compare yourself to anybody and your journey to anybody because 
your USP is you and your voice and that's all you've got um, certain things you can do to help yourself through the day-to-day feeling of imposter syndrome one would be making sure you're prepared so if you're prepared whether that's preparing for an audition or preparing for a job and feeling like you've done the, as much as you can in preparation for that job if you've got the job you can have change the narrative you're telling yourself it's not like oh my god I'm so grateful to have this job oh my god I can't believe I've got this job it's about saying to yourself I've been chosen for this somebody wants me for this regardless of who else is in the cast it's about you you've been chosen and that's the end of that narrative and all you can do is prep and get there and do the best that you've got to offer Uh, from a voice perspective of course imposter syndrome can bring up things like anxiety um um like lots of stress so that kind of fight or flight vibe um and i think for that again it's about prepping the body so lots of physical release lots of shoulder rolls neck stretches all that kind of stuff a little bit of gentle breath work of course remembering focus on the out breath rather than the in breath because that's the one that will help regulate all that system um and releasing the tension in the articulators and that kind of stuff so you get less of that kind of tripping over your tongue thing where you start to feel really clumsy and then you start to think oh god i really don't belong here this is ridiculous because i can't even say the words and that's my only job (laughs) in this environment so i think prep number one two changing the narrative or exploring a different narrative that you tell yourself and number three uh, grounding so physical stability so making sure you're connected to the floor and doing lots of work to um, feel present in the space, whether that's cognitively or physically. So some of the cognitive stuff you can do is looking around yourself and going, instead of going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is happening and why am I here and blah, blah, blah. You look around, you go, okay, I'm in this room. There is a light. Oh, look, a microphone. And you literally bring yourself into the space by talking about what you can see around you and you make your context really small and that's hugely beneficial and I remember that from the CBT I had after I had my son it was just about going when those panicky moments and those anxious moments come in it's just you going I'm here I'm on the street <laughs> there's a tree there that's nice and you just start to kind of settle yourself that way and then the other thing um, from a physical point of view in terms of grinding is like failing the floor so lots of imagery like roots from the bottom of your feet people quite like or wiggling your toes I find quite good bending the knees, making sure that your weight is evenly distributed over the fronts and the backs of the feet, making sure you've got a nice wide stance, so shoulder width apart or hip width apart at least with the feet, um, dropping your tailbone, little things like a bit of this one, qigong, qigong. <laughs> you know, like backwards circle. Yeah. Barbara Houseman has a lovely exercise where you kind of bring your arms down in front of you up the front like you're like you're circling around a big beach ball and your tummy towards yourself and pushing the energy down. That's really nice. So... The narrative you tell yourself, the prep um, in terms of physical release, all that kind of stuff, and grounding, I think, are the main things I would say. Brilliant. Are helpful. Great. Very good. Should we go and get a drink? And should we see what happens? <laughs> how impostery we feel when we get into Yeah, it? yeah. Well, I mean, let's. I, the next time you hear from us, you'll know, we'll be able to tell you whether. They, if um, they've let you in or not. Well, yeah, whether we've won, I was going <laughs> to say, but you're right. Got your tea. I got my tea. What's that in the box? Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe I'm gonna have a cold donut. I think it's absolutely the way to go. Oh my god. A little bit of Nutella, that is, a little bit of jam. We cannot let that go on the no bed. Way. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you were gonna say we cannot let that go to waste. No. <laughs> well, all of these things are true. Yeah. Wow, great. There's three. So what is what is what where are we, Nick? What's we happened are here? In uh 
Hotel in yep. Brixton. Yes. And it's the morning after the British Podcast Awards, which you can probably tell from our voice. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I feel like this ought to be on my demo reel. Uh, I'm not... Uh, yes. Gravelly voice needed. Hello, hello. Call us right now for the next four to eight hours. Yeah, we... Oh, my God. I think, it's, I think it's safe to say we made the most of being away from our families for 24 hours. Mm. I learned quite a lot of vodka. Did we? Shall we tell them that we snuck into the VIP section? <laughs> yeah. There was a gap between the tent and the um, fence, so... But it was odd, because it felt like the whole of the British Podcast Awards do was one big backstage area. Yeah, because everybody... It was all the makers. It was nearly all people who were nominated, or producers, or makers mm. of podcasts. It felt like a very cool but club. I don't even know who the VIP area was supposed to be for. Was it just, like, maybe people that were giving out the awards? Yeah, I think the, the actual Dent famous, famous people, like yeah, yeah. Fern... Fern. Anyway, the entire Maddie. the entire event moved to the backstage area, <laughs> to the VIP yeah. area eventually. And then it was great. They ran out of booze, didn't they? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it is not entirely my fault. I was like, I love a gin. There was like, there is no gin. I'm like, gin exists. I'm not silly. I know gin is a concept. They were like, oh yeah, we appreciate that drug lady, but there isn't any here. Which of the other one alcohol we have left would you like? I was like, that alcohol, please. <laughs> But I chased it all with water. Oh, great. Good. Yes. No, I drank a lot of water. Well, so I don't know if you've, um, I don't know if you're already aware from our, um, like, relentless social media activity yesterday, but um, we did not win <laughs> <laughs> the award, but um, we have had such a nice time. Mm. I don't really mind. Mm. It was just really nice being um, recognised. Yeah. That we totally. discussed quite a lot about how honoured we felt that our arts industry podcast was recognised as something that was so worthy for as, as a business mm. piece really mm-hmm. and when you think about the other nominees that were in there it was kind of phenomenal mm. that we got that nod I mean Diary of a CEO for goodness sake Diary of a CEO and they introduced the award like so these are the bits so this is the awards for the future CEOs and movers and shakers <laughs> in the business world <laughs> and we're like yes please Leah CEO you know, CEO. C-O-O. <laughs> no, you be the CEO, I'll be the COO. Okay. Mm. So you're the one that does all like the logistics and I'm the one yeah. that yeah, speaks. Not, you are going nowhere near the logistics. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> um did you want John do your speech? Do you do the speech that you would have done if we'd won? Oh my god. Okay, finish that bite of donut. <laughs> I think in the end the speech was very much gonna be like we're going if we had one. Mm. Holy Yeah, yeah, it's big swearing. The way they introduced the one that did win, um, which was doing it for the kids, which is a really good um, oh my God, it's podcast great. for freelancers, it was, it was like they were summing up our podcast. So I was fully like, my face had gone, and oh my God. people were starting God. to look at us. They were, weren't they? Because it really sounded like it was describing yeah, yeah. our podcast. And then I had to really immediately <laughs> rearrange my facial features when it was not us, which was... <laughs> you know, uh... was starting to cry. <laughs> right. So this is a very organised, this is a version of um, what, the sort of thing I would have said. Mm-hmm. This podcast started out of the desire to build a community in the north of England. <laughs> I would have really melted it and done it slowly too, for the voiceover industry. It was how we promoted our next VO Social North meetup. It was. 
It sort of snowballed out of control from there <laughs> and has now become the most popular voiceover podcast in the UK. Woo! And we're incredibly proud of what we've created. Yeah. It's not just a podcast. No. We're providing a necessary service to yes. our community yes, yes. based on the need for everyone in VO to have the right information about rates and how it all works with our rights and all sorts of important things. Yes, yes. We're incredibly aware of the platform we've created for ourselves and are committed to asking the tough questions and investigating the important issues like diversity representation accentism and the new and the effect the rise of new technology is going to have on our work yeah so just say at this point mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way i would i would have remembered to say all this no in, way in the, in you couldn't have had your notes the, oh good god and also the, there will be more jokes where are all the jokes well when i was up there i was going to riff around it oh i see of course yes <laughs> i wouldn't have read it like it's been all and we are very i was going to make a joke very... about my putting on bra and i was going to make a joke about like you being like fallen over from the shark <laughs> I was going to add lib. For sure. This was just the basic bones. Okay, I gotcha. This I was gotcha. me, um, what do they call it when you like, uh, this is me stream of consciousnessing. What I wanted to get out, so it was in my head. I understand, yeah. Where are the jokes? Where yeah, the- how long have you known me? <laughs> Although you made a really good joke yesterday. Oh, I did, didn't I? I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, I know what it was. It was something to do with um, uh, George, your little George. Yeah. Um, um, putting some mushrooms in, holding up some mushrooms and me going hey such a fun guy hey, it was so good it was not a good anyway, joke back to the speech uh, uh, oh yeah this is uh, thanks to Leah yes that's me because yeah. it wouldn't have hap- it wouldn't happen without her there she's a fecking queen yeah and a top notch podcast journalist thanks, yeah. and thanks to the British Podcast Awards for recognising our little this is where I get humble our little niche little of podcast in the business category Brilliant. as members of the arts community it's a huge nod of validation at a time when the arts community are struggling to feel valued and necessary mm. so we really appreciate it and thanks to our listeners that's you that's you we do it for you so as long as you keep listening we'll keep making it nice close with a gag Yes, close with gag. So we will though, as long as you keep listening. We'll keep making it. It's your fault. This is all your fault. <laughs> the fact that I'm eating cold donuts on a Sunday morning in a bed is your fault, okay? Yeah, um, I've been Leah Marks. And I think I'm still Nick Kremlin, although um, who knows? You look like we Thanks. And we, we are, are the, the voiceover voice social. social. <laughs> and we are the hungover social. <laughs> Together till the end of the road